0: all right everyone welcome back to another episode today we have joe de Sena. so welcome to the show man
1: thanks for having me that was a oh. hell of an introduction yeah
0: <laughs> um well no so so we leave that to our guests really. so to start off uh can you uh, tell us a little bit more about you and what you do
1: sure um I am a founder, CEO of a company called Spartan. Um, We are, I don't know if you guys know LVMH. LVMH is a house of brands, um, really cool brands, right? Luxury brands. We are a house of um, really hard, challenging brands. So Spartan, Tough Mudder, Spartan Trail, Deca, La Ruta, M2O. If it's hard, if uh, it it wants you to quit and and, um, makes you cry, we probably own it. That's, that
0: that's what we do. awesome. Okay. So you probably get this question a lot, but before we dive into more specifics, I, I always like to know like what the root is. So meaning what were you like, how'd you come up with these ideas? Like what were you doing before that led to this?
1: Years ago, I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, my, you know, if you saw the movie Goodfellas, I grew up ground zero for Goodfellas. So right across the street were the a, a family called the varios, um, Kennedy Airport was uh, a quarter mile away. And um, if it was able to be stolen, it was probably stolen out of Kennedy Airport. People were going to jail. Uh, the food of choice was, you know, pizza, raviolis, eggplant parm, chicken parm, ganoles, Um, Unhealthy environment, um, mentally and physically, right? Lots of cigars, lots of alcohol, fat folks. And my mom, who, whose mother, my grandmother, was dying of cancer, my mom walks into probably the only health food store in the early 70s on the East Coast. Uh, they got incense burning. It was like an old school, you know, health food store. This is way before there was yoga journals or Lululemon or anything. And she meets a yogi. And the yogi um, starts telling her about a different way to live. You know, you don't have to eat raviolis, right? You don't have to kill people. you, you, um, <laughs> you can do yoga, you can meditate, you could be a vegan. And she goes, she goes 300 and you know, completely changes her life. And um, my parents get divorced. My mom moves my sister and I to Ithaca, New York. And during that whole process, one of the things that this guru she met put on, believe it or not, was a 3,100 mile running race around a one mile loop in Queens, New York. And um, Oh, hang on. I got, I got a, a drink coming. Cause, um, yeah, that works. um, a 3,100 mile running race around a, um, one mile loop that still exists today. It's called the transcendence run. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm young and I see this race and I start, um, I start thinking, Oh my God, um, the human mind is unbelievable what it's capable of. Right. So, um, Fast forward twenty-something years to mid '90s, and I stumble upon adventure racing. Never, never heard of an adventure race, but it was basically a point-to-point race, 350 miles, self-supported. I'm climbing mountains. I'm, I'm uh, finding food. I'm freezing. I'm uh, tired. Uh, usually with a team, and. I understood what my mom was talking about all these years. I felt alive. I started roping people into it. I built better relationships. I became more resilient. I felt you know, like, um, like life was all of a sudden purposeful and I couldn't get enough of it. Any race, anywhere in the world, the harder it was, I had to do it. Um, I found that when I had a race on my calendar, I did the work. I went to bed early. I woke up early. I didn't you know i didn't have the extra drink or the extra dessert right I, I had to get ready for that just like a boxer gets ready for the fight so that was my way of holding myself accountable of, of, of being a peak performer um around the early 2000s 2000 to be exact i said oh my god this this could be a business i could actually put on crazy events so 22 years ago I bought the URL, peak.com, pea com, and I, and I attempted to um, to put on uh, events all over the world. And so, you know, 22, 22 years later, here we are, 45 countries, uh, a bunch of really cool brands. And, you know, I made it sound easier than I, I, I went through COVID, lots of challenges along the way, but but that's how we got here.
0: Wow, dude, that's, so I'm curious on, because... Um, Like, what what do you think the psychology of that is, is why, like, knowing that you had the race come up, why did that enable you to, like, commit more? Because, like, I've realized with myself, for me, it's, like, other people. Like, I'll let myself down sometimes, but I'll never let somebody else down. So if it's, like, going to the gym or something, if I'm meeting someone there, I'll never be late, I'll never miss it. But if I have it on my calendar and it's just me, then I'm like, eh. I don't really, like, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. So what is it? Is that what it is? Like the other people in the race? Or what do you think it was?
1: Yeah, when you actually write the check or swipe the credit card, and um, it's very rare you're going to an event alone. Yeah. And you've got friends going to do it with you, and there's going to be 8,000 other people there. And you've told your family about it. And by the way, when your family wanted you at home, you were training for the thing you said you were doing on that date. You're going to do it. Yeah. And, and, and so 650 podcasts later where, you know, I have a podcast and where I've spoken to like the scientists and the biologists and the psychiatrists. Right. The reason that is, is because the number one motivator for a human being is the avoidance of discomfort. We will avoid discomfort at all costs. It's more motivating to us than drugs, alcohol, sex. The reason that is, the reason that is, is our brain requires so much energy, it doesn't want us expending any extra energy. It doesn't want us to go out and freeze in the cold or melt in the heat or fall off a cliff. So it's constantly protecting us. It It's kept us alive on the planet for a million years, right? And um, we've gotta convince that brain, that monkey brain, that um, no, we're gonna do something hard. It's we're not living, you know, 20,000 years ago. We're living in a world that's pretty easy. We've got Uber Eats, we've got yeah. hot water. Everything is like, not a threat. Matter of fact, it's so easy, it's a threat. That's the yes.
0: thing. right? I was literally thinking that, yeah.
1: Instagram <laughs> so is a threat, Netflix is a threat, popcorn's a threat, the microwave is a threat. So so um, the, the best way, because people email me all the time, Joe, how do you stay motivated? The best way to stay motivated, to stay healthy, is to have a date on your calendar. Yes, have friends that are doing it with you. Scream from the rooftops that you have that date on the calendar. If you don't believe me, think about school. Imagine a school where there were no tests. Would you study? Probably not. And you, could, you can go through a bunch of examples like that in your life. Um, you're not, Look, the 1%, the 0.1% of people are gonna do the work, Um, but everybody else is not gonna do the work.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. What is, um, so out of all those different brands you mentioned, what's the hardest uh, race out, out of all of them?
1: Depends on the discipline, you know, the way you have to think about our brand, imagine you and I owned a giant Olympic swimming pool. And in one of the lanes, we had freestyle swimming. In another lane, we had breaststroke. In another lane, we had butterfly. So really it's just, it depends on the discipline, but if, you, if you're if you a mountain biker, the hardest mountain bike race in the world, um, the first mountain bike race in the world is a race called La Ruta in Costa Rica. We own that race, it's, Lance Armstrong said, hands down, toughest bike race he's ever done, period. End of story.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So when you're ready, we're signing you up for La Ruta. <laughs> matter, of fact, matter of fact, anybody listening should go to Project 7 Spartan. And it's the seven toughest race in the world seven different disciplines all around the world so i would love it if you challenge you and your audience to do all seven of those someday Dude, that
0: would be sick yeah that would be awesome
1: it's on, it's on me if you wanted if anybody wanted to do it
0: okay. okay
1: so um so anyway uh if you're looking for a paddleboard race well we got m2o it's the toughest paddleboard race in the world it's in hawaii if you're looking for an obstacle race probably our ultra beast world championship 24 hours Hopefully next weekend in Tahoe, although the California fires are, are threatening um, the cancellation event. We'll see how that how that turns out. Uh, Tough Mudder, world's toughest mudder, 24 hours of hell. You've heard it. You've heard of Tough Mudder.
0: I, yeah, I've heard of Tough Mudder for sure. Yeah. Is that the most well-known one? Tough Mudder?
1: Uh, it's funny. Um, in the I, I now know your economic background, like the white collar, maybe played a sport in high school <laughs> or college, tends to know Tough Mudder everybody else knows Spartan. So it really just depends on, on where you're from.
0: Okay. Got it. Got it. That's funny.
1: <laughs> It's pretty funny. It, it's yeah. all over the world. So, um, we've got a hiking business called uh, Highlander adventure. Um, that's like three days of hiking. You camp out. It's pretty awesome. Um, we've got, um, a fitness brand called Deca D E K A, which is, which is really appealing to the gym crowd. So we got a bunch of them. Um, they all suck. <laughs> they all make you <laughs> cry. Um, yeah. But they all motivate you.
0: Dude, the paddleboarding one. i uh, Like I was telling you before, I live down here in Miami. I go paddleboarding a lot out here. Um, so I don't know. that. How long is that one?
1: Um, it's uh, 16 miles and a 32 mile.
0: Woo! 32 Dude, miles. I think you want a six-pack? Do that. I think <laughs> that's how you get it. You, um,
1: you are officially signed up for the M2O now.
0: All right, dude. I'm in. I would love to do that one. That's sick. Okay. Um, and that, this is recorded, so I have to do it. Now. <laughs> so, all right. I'm in. Um, uh, oh, what I want to ask you next is, so out of all these um, uh, races and stuff, what is like the best story you've heard of like a transformational moment for someone? And then has anything like really bad happened too? like uh, i don't know maybe you don't want to mention the bad thing i'm just
1: saying the the transformational stories are by the million literally by the millions um i had a guy in city field come up to me and say joe i just want to shake your hand he was teary-eyed he said i'm a veteran i'm now a fire department i work for fire department firefighter um i want to tell you i had a gun to my head i was about to pull the trigger and i remembered i had a spartan race the next week and so I put down the gun and got yeah. so teary eyed and I got teary eyed. And I said, listen, you're now racing for free for the rest of your life on me. Like, I'm never going to let you not have a date on the calendar. Mm. Um, and, you know, I would I would feel terrible if something happened to this guy. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, anyway, so many stories like that. I mean, look, um, people do die um, when, when you're running races at the scale we're running races across 45 countries and million and a half participants a year somebody's going to die um if you and i put a million and a half people in a room somebody's going to die for so, sure um you know when we get those phone calls it sucks because that's the, i mean the goal is to is to help people and lift people up and make them more resilient and build community but mm-hmm. um
0: but it comes with the territory for sure how um from the beginning because to me like marketing is kind of my main thing. So I, I can see very easily how this would spread because it's like, it's a group type thing. Right. So if you do it, then you ask your friends. So that makes sense to me. But from the very beginning, like how did you get it to spread from there? Or what was it like very small the first couple of races or, well, well it, from
1: 2000, from the year 2000 to 2009, I, the most I, I got like a hundred people to a race and, The races I I was putting on were all very long distance. They were the wrong form, you know, 300 miles. Who's going to sign up for a 300 mile race? But that's my mindset. That's where I was. (laughs) I would would lie to people and tell them it was a barbecue. And then, (laughs) like, I would literally just to try to make stuff happen. Yeah. Hold on one second. You hold on one second?
0: Yeah, no, you're good.
1: That was my son's coach, my son's wrestling coach. Got somehow, it. somehow the same way I'm able to um, get people to do things that they otherwise don't want to do. When the coach calls, I answer, I, I don't know. I jump to attention with him. He's got, um, he's got power over me, this guy.
0: Well, so. for sure. Yeah. No, it makes sense though. Cause it, he's with your kid. Right. So I, yeah. I, I would pick it up. <laughs> me too.
1: So um, those early years, those first nine years, impossible to get people. 2009, I changed the format. We changed the format. We made it three miles, eight miles, 13 miles. We um, made it more of a military-inspired obstacle race. Uh, It was doable. That was around the same time Facebook was coming into a big existence. Uh, Mm. CrossFit was coming into a big existence. Um, Tons of military coming back from the Middle East. So it was a a conflict. But and the other thing, let's not forget, this is big. The other thing was we were going into like a full blown depression. Um, and that's, oh. and that's, good for us. Like whenever, whenever markets, um, are get our tanking and folks are not feeling that rich and they're feeling sorry for themselves, they're not going to Disney and having a slurpee. They're coming to us and they're, yeah. doing, they're and they're doing rope climbs and burpees. And they're, and so all around the world, whenever a country's having trouble, we're thriving.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm, no, that, I'm the anyway. only
1: guy praying for depression every day.
0: <laughs> hey, well, you're in a good spot uh, now. I mean, that's yeah. like uh, what a lot of people. I don't know a lot of business people that I watch on like YouTube and stuff. They're saying it's it's coming. If well, we're already in a like recession right now, are we? Something like that. yeah. Right? Um. So okay. So it was 2009, and then that was kind of the. And you would uh, say that it was because of the structure. So the 300 mile thing. And then once you change up the structure, that's what got more people interested.
1: Yeah, I changed the product. I mean, imagine yeah. imagine if um, if if Elon Musk's first car didn't have an engine or didn't have a battery, it had pedals. He probably wouldn't sell so many
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and then and then the second version had a battery that only went 10 miles he wouldn't sell so many and so when he finally got the product right um and when i finally got our product right um plus plus there's got to be charging stations out there for the for the car you know what i mean everything was just yeah it was just the perfect storm
0: got it so so but then it was like although it wasn't overnight when did you get to the like million and a half participants per year? And is it, is that kind of been steady then for a while or, and then tell, tell what with COVID, like, what was that? Did, did you have to take a break from things or. A break. Well, meaning like with the restrictions I, and Do you we have don't have nothing? to, we can go as deep into that as no, you no, want. No, no,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> so first race under the new format, late 2009, early 2010 get 700 participants. Okay. That grows to 1,500 to 2,500. Before you know it, we got 10,000 people at an event. Got it. Yeah. Six or seven events going on. Before you know it, we're up to 20 events, 50 events, 100 events, then 350 events. And so it just it just took time. By 2019, we're at top of our game. We bought out our competitor, Tough Mudder. We added some other brands. We're high-fiving each other. We finally made it right all these years of building this thing 19 years it was all worth it and then covid hit Mm -hmm. covid shut us down globally we lost 50 million dollars we lost um more money than we ever made in the 20 20 years we were in existence we lost um completely upside down furloughed a bunch of people hung on for dear life um and now we're just coming out of it. It's been the hardest two and a half years of my life, hands down. Um, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be it'll make an amazing documentary um, on how the hell I am standing here doing a podcast. But you have no idea what this has been like.
0: Yeah, no, that's why I'm like, if you can see my face, I'm like, you seem actually very like calm right now. Like, like
1: I'm um, I'm so punch drunk that. Um, and so beaten and battered that I'm just rolling with it, you know?
0: Got it. Yeah. I think, um, like you said with the documentary and yeah, whether you're religious or not, you know, God works in mysterious ways, I think. So in the end, I think somehow it will be, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like a good thing, but I think it'll, it'll, it'll work itself out because if anything, uh, from what I've seen being down in Miami, it's so open down here compared to other places. I think people are seeking these things more than ever. So you'll probably see like a, even, like a multiplier. Yeah, I, I, think
1: ne- I think next year is going to be our year. I just launched something big. You're going to love this. Yeah. To help us dig ourselves out of this hole, I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to launch a global pass for the first time. You're going to be able to buy a pass for $3,000. You could race any race, any brand, anywhere in the world. For nine years, three thousand dollars. You can do anything you want. For nine, I'm gonna fill your calendar for the next decade. Yeah. And then, because we're building this awesome monument in Sparta, you'll be able to have a stone associate your name associated with it in Sparta, where you could um, put your ashes after you're dead. Put your ashes on it. So now. Imagine this big statue of this Spartan helmet, the 300 tombstones around it, and then you and I are buried next to them for eternity. Yeah. So, so de- a decade of events and a stone to remember you in Sparta, Greece.
0: I love that idea, because with the amount of races you have for only three grand, like what's a, um what does a typical like one race normally cost? Like. Like a hundred bucks. About
1: a hundred and twenty five. So oh um, yeah. if you that's... did ten races a year, yeah um, and you calculate them infl- I mean, this thing should trade for five or six thousand dollars. Definitely. You know, so and and then we're gonna do one special event every year just for the pass holders.
0: Nice. Okay, got it. Yeah, man, that's awesome because I know I've never done these, but how I heard of Tough Mudder is my friend I have a lot of friends that uh do it, like you said, you know my um economic status or something like that, how you said is, and they are, they love it. Like they they'll do it. I probably for the rest of their life. So I think when people start this, that's probably the biggest thing is like getting people to do the first one. But once they do it, they're probably bought in for life.
1: They're bought in for life. So yeah, you're in Miami. When we up, I want you to look up um, or shoot me an email. Anybody could email me Joe at Spartan.com. Shoot me an email and I'm going to hook you up. I want you to round up 299 other people. It's free, no charge. Um, okay. To do one of our events in Florida. And um, cool. it's going to you're going to energize your entire community. It's going to be unbelievable. You guys, that would be awesome. it, it's like going to war. It's like going to war together.
0: Dude, yeah. I'm da- that would be so fun to do in Miami too. I'm actually actually—I'm looking at the, the beach right now. <laughs> so that would be sick. Um, I wanted to ask you too, because I just want to make sure we don't uh, skip over this. Our, um, like, part of our main audience, because of the business I run, it's called Authors Unite. And so a lot of our um, audience are people that want to be authors or are already authors. So I saw one of your books or both of them are New York Times uh, bestsellers. So what was, a um, couple questions there. What was, like, the process of writing your first book? Like, how did you, what was your, like, method for doing it?
1: The book has been, it was being written in my head for a long time. And um, I think somebody came up to me at one of the races and said, you know, you should do a book. And I already had this in my head. So I just, I got somebody to help me and I vomited up like on on a recording, yeah, all my thoughts. And, and this gentleman helped clean it all up for me. And I went back and forth 20 times and kept editing. And a friend of mine who reads like five books a week said, listen, you could be editing this thing forever. It never, at some point you got to just put a stake yeah. in the sand and say, let's go. And, um, we said, let's go. We had a big rabid community. We were lucky. Most authors don't have that already, right? We had the business first and, um, I don't know, New York times, best seller, whatever, but it worked and, and it was very, very popular. And it got translated in tons of countries and languages. It was a big deal. Uh, I don't think anybody in my family's read it. I don't think they recognize that I'm an author in my house. <laughs> but, but, but people like it. And, yeah. uh, and then I started getting asked to write other books or whatever. I'm always writing books. I'm always two or three books ahead. I've got, I've got three books in the hopper right now. That um,
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and, and <clears throat> what I do, I'm sure the author is listening. This will make no sense at all. What I do is I'm always working on a book. I'm always polishing it. I meet somebody and I'm like, hey, can you help me with it? And I keep iterating and iterating it. And then all of a sudden the universe will just put somebody in front of me that says, hey, uh, you should do this book on this or that or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I got one. And and, and it just happens. And that's happened. um, I think I just did. I think I just published my one, two. I don't know if I've done four, I think four books. Yeah, I was looking at it.
0: I'm looking through on Amazon right now. You actually, you have a lot.
1: Yeah, I think I just did my fourth book, um, 10 Rules for Resilience. And so I have, yeah. three, I have three more in the hopper.
0: Dude, that's incredible. And I, I think what you just said, basically that's when it's like uh, preparation and luck meet each other, right? So you're you're like prepared. You're always ready for that moment to happen when that person uh, comes, especially. Yeah, yeah. So then, wait, those three, are. so you're actually like writing three simultaneously or you have three ideas and you're doing one by one one of them
1: one one let's go through the three one of them is a fiction it's the only fiction book um i've done And, and i started working on it um in 2015 in my head and i couldn't get it out of my head and so then one day i said you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna spit out on a piece of paper like bullets about this book and the characters and and i and i created like two or three pages of just bullets it was it was no writing other than like single sentences um this character where he's from where the opening scene takes place whatever was popping into my head yeah it's fiction and um and then i asked somebody to help me just flush it out a little bit turn it into five pages give me a little more meat on the bone you know mm-hmm. didn't really get very far and then i was in an ultra run and um I wasn't in great shape. It was a 50 mile run. And I heard that at mile, you know, 18, we had to be there by a certain time. And if we didn't make it there in time, we were cut. And I wasn't really in good shape and I'm embarrassed to say that I was like, I was hoping I got cut. I was like, yeah. I do not feel like going past mile 18. Yeah. Uh, and I was like at mile, let's say 13 or 14. It wasn't look like, and I was, it didn't look like I was going to make it. And this woman fell on the trail in front of me she was she was having the same issue she was racing and i helped her up and she said hey i just got um i just found out i got breast cancer i had to get my breast removed and she landed on her bre- like and so you know i helped her up and i was like listen we got to make this 18-mile cutoff now if you're if you're going through that like we're making the 18-mile cutoff." i got inspired yeah and we hustled and we got to mile 18 in time and we were like, oh, we made the cutoff. And they were like, what cutoff? There's no cutoff. And so there wasn't even a cutoff, right? But, but it got us going. So for the next, you know, 32 miles, her and I flushed out this book. Like we just talked. And she was like, oh, well, what if this character did this? And what if that? And it just, it helped us get through the next 32 miles because we were just, we were just talking, you know? Yeah. So when I got back to a computer, I was able to vomit a bunch of that up on, in this fiction book. And then I found um, like a, fic, a writer that that writes this way because I don't, yeah. and, um, and he helped. And so I would say now it's at, le- I, a book is ready for publishing with me when it gets to level 10, that book is at level seven. Got it. right, And I, I know I'm going to bump into somebody that's from Hollywood, because I want this, that book to be a full feature film. Yeah. I'll meet somebody from Hollywood, whatever, and, and, and the stars will align, and I'll hand that book over, and then it'll, it'll take its journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other book um, that I wrote, I wrote during COVID, and it's um, 12 Ancient Truths About Being Healthy. Just 12 simple things that I wish everybody did, like brushing your teeth, going to bed early, you know, mm-hmm. uh, put your phone on airplane mode. Anyway, I got 12 things in there. A tiny little pamphlet and my dream would be that that book would sit at checkout counters the same way five hour energy sits at checkout counters that little thin pamphlet would sit at checkout counter It would be 50 cents and every truck driver every person that's going in to grab some really sugary drink and a and a bar yeah. would grab it and maybe it would change their life i don't want to make any money with that book i just i just want it in everybody's hand
0: yeah and, uh,
1: and then the um the third book You know um, Ben Askren. He's a fighter in the UFC. Oh yeah. yeah. You know Ben. Mm -hmm. Ben Ben and I met serendipitously. um, I don't know a year or two ago, and he said, "Hey, I want to work on this book. I got this idea." And I said, "Well, maybe I could help." And so, um, so him and I have been working on a book. And I would say that's at level five. That book. Um, And he he was just bugging me the other day and saying, "What are we going to do?" And I said, just tr- just bear with me. I, it's it's, it's got to go to the next level. I don't know what's going to happen in the universe. Just bear with me.
0: Yeah. So, no. Um, cool, wow. That way. So on the second one, what are, not asking for all 12, but what are like a couple that you would mention that like are like easy? It seems like it's a book that it's, um, they're, they're like things that maybe are commonly overlooked, but they have a big impact on your health. So like, what are a couple?
1: Super, super simple, but people don't want to do them. Yeah, uh, And the book is called ready for anything and you, you could find it in the Spartan digital ecosystem. You could download a PDF. And, um, but I also have tons of, I, I printed cause I'm an idiot. I printed a bunch of copies of it too. Uh, just in case I ran into somebody that owned a bunch of seven 11s. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, um, number one, go to, bed go to better. Home. Home. Yeah. Obvious. Um, Number two, if your job allows it, most people, you know, you can wake, wake up early. Go to bed early, wake up early. Um, number three, um, drink a ton of water when you wake up, like almost a liter, room temperature, maybe a little apple cider vinegar and a little bit of lemon. And I give all the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, number four, get a sweat on. You got to earn your breakfast. You're sweating before you eat. You got to go hunt an animal or go forage for food. <laughs> um, Next, you're jumping in an ice cold shower. It's going to suck every day. It sucks. Tons of benefits from from that. Um, You're not eating breakfast till 9 a.m. I mean, these are just simple things that if you did change your whole life.
0: Yeah, I I was actually I was talking to my girlfriend about this. Um, We were traveling in Vegas. Um, We got back last night. And because the time changed, my sleep schedule was all messed up. So I was getting up and I normally get up at five or six, but in there I was getting up at two or three and there's something about, and I know that's probably not as early as you meant, but when you, when you get up at two or three in the morning, like my productivity from like 2am to like 7am, it's unmatched. Like I just crush work, and I think because there's no distraction, like nobody is awake. So I don't know if you're trying to get something done that works the best for me rather than trying to stay up late. I'd rather go to bed at like 7 PM or 8 PM, get six hours, wake up at two and just crush it. So I don't know that works for me. And then I'm actually about to buy this. Um, it's called edge theory labs. It's like a, um, have you heard of it? It's it's an ice bath that you can actually travel with. So it's like 15 minutes to set it up and then it has, it like fits in a backpack and it um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. So because um, that I tried an ice bath down here in Boca, one of my friends has one and dude, that is life changing three minutes, you feel good for like six hours after that. It's 1000%
1: thousand, thousand sucks getting in, but it's great getting out.
0: I have to say though, like, because I've tried I can't do the cold. I mean, I can but the cold shower, it's like freaking like cold bullets just hitting you. That sucks. The ice bath sucks too. But after about 10, 20 seconds, and you find your breathing, you can kind of zone out. Like it's the cold shower is just, that's hell. I think that's hell.
1: I do it. I do it every day. I used to do it as a kid because I was everybody in my neighborhood was going to jail and I was just wondering, was I tough enough? And I'm just so crazy that I was like, I guess I got to test myself. And I, I started those cold showers when I was a kid.
0: Damn. That's wild. And what are, um, so I know it like increases, I think, I, cause I've read some stuff. It. So it's like 200% dopamine increase and then inflammation. Training what are some of the
1: vagus nerve, the connection between the brain and the body um, increasing yes. circulation, boosting immunity. Like it's just off the charts. So many benefits.
0: Yeah, and it's like free. It's so crazy. Like most people still don't do it, but um, it, it's so significant. And actually, I know Rogan. He does that, and then he goes like sauna, and he goes like back and forth. So I think there's other benefits too. If you like
1: old change. news, the, 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 the folks in Sweden and and uh, cold cold Russia, they've been doing that forever. Back and forth, cold, hot, cold, hot.
0: Dude, yeah, there there's people that go viral on like uh TikTok. I think they're Russian and they just like go out back and they just jump in like they, they do a circle in the ice, <laughs> just jump in it. The Eskimos, cool.
1: the Eskimos will take the babies, a young kid, and put them in ice cold cut, cut a cut a hole in the ice, put them in, a, in ice cold water when they're young.
0: Really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Um So I uh, just curious, um, because I I actually, I help people do this. So I'm just curious. You had already built a community, which is different. Like a lot of times authors, like they have a business, but the book is kind of in the forefront and then that's like leads to build a community. So for you, like, did you have like a marketing plan behind it or you literally like there was just so many books bought and then it ended up hitting?
1: Yeah, there was just so many books bought because we were were lucky we had that community already.
0: That is amazing. Give me one sec. Somebody's at my door. I uh right All right. <laughs> This is a this is a funny uh interview in the sense of the phone call and then <laughs> but we we can edit. It's not a big deal. Right, fine.
1: Um, I um so we're gonna we're gonna take you to a race. Yeah. Um you gotta you gotta hit up my friend Jen Cohen. She's got a book coming out. She could use your help. Um, yeah. Google her, look her up. Um she was the um Strong is the New Skinny or something she wrote years ago. She's got some new book coming out.
0: Okay. And then, um,
1: and then and then I, oh, I, I, we got to we got you and I got to start a hashtag bury me in Sparta. We're gonna do something fun there.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm down.
1: And what else could we do,
0: dude? I definitely want to. Um... I mean, I don't know. if I well, that's a limiting belief. I think I could get 300 people, but it seems a little wild. But the Miami idea down here—that sounds like a blast. Like if we could create a route or something, or would we do it not in the city, probably? Or could we? No,
1: no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you to a Florida race. You're gonna have to travel a little bit from Miami,
0: but it'll be in okay. Cool, cool. All right, yeah, that's fine.
1: You're committed. Uh, you're, not, you're on the hook.
0: All right, yeah. No, keep me on the hook, man. And I wanted the paddleboard one. I definitely want to do that. So you're going
1: to, you're going to Hawaii. You're all right. We're, I might, we might do something. It'd be kind of cool if we bring a bunch of podcast hosts out. They each have to bring three hundred people, no charge. Yeah, and, and we and we rank who the toughest podcast audience is.
0: Oh, well, right? that's definitely mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, but no, that would be a lot of fun. Um, that actually would be that's a great idea for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's do that and. Um, and my parents have been wanting to go to Hawaii, so that's an excuse for me to take them to Hawaii to do that. I, really. I, um, I got yeah.
1: any, any any last questions?
0: No, no, no. We're good. This will be uh, live in about a week, and then um, I'll follow up with you after that. You're awesome. See you, bud.